the science is what's really interesting, but you can't have the science without the people. You have to you have to get to and you have to really keep them in mind because that's how we get things done, you know, like all working together and not just not just some people, but everyone has to kind of be a part of that. Welcome to a bonus Pelicanus episode where we highlight the 2023 recipient of our Carrie Wilson Memorial Scholarship, Valeria Hernandez, a graduate student with Project Dragonfly from Houston, Texas. Valeria is an everyday conservation hero that the world needs more of, so let's go straight to our conversation with her so you can hear all about the work she's doing in her community. Valeria, thank you so much for joining us. Can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do, and kind of go into what you are working on with your your degree with Project Dragonfly? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so I'm Valeria, and I live in Houston, Texas right now. Um, I am doing my master's with Project Dragonfly, and... I started the program during the pandemic, so 2020, and I I was working at the Austin Zoo at the moment. So um, what inspired me to join the program, I, I was working with a lot of wildlife and I just wanted to, I felt like I wanted to do more for the conservation of, of the animals I was working with and, and just in general for the environment. Um, so that's why I was looking into different programs and uh, several people recommended Project Dragonfly. Um, I guess it's pretty well known with zookeepers. So, so uh, yeah, I really liked the, the traveling aspect of it. And um, I was thinking that I would mostly uh, focus on wildlife conservation for my uh, research throughout the program. But it actually turned out that I, I got very passionate about uh, environmental justice. So a lot of the issues that, uh, like, for example, like climate change, global warming, how it impacts um, like uh, marginalized communities. And yeah, that I got really passionate about that. So a lot of my research is about that um, and just how uh, communities can be taken into consideration for uh, conservation efforts. So that has been a lot of my focus and I really hope to do that um, <laughs> as part of my career. Um, and I, I've been able to think, thanks to the to my master's program, I feel like I've made a lot of connections and networking with other organizations um, in the city that are working uh, to do uh, like initiatives where communities that are usually not um, maybe considered or maybe left out of planning for like parks or and what I did the past year so I, I moved from Austin to Houston and um, I started along with th three other volunteers and I we started a chapter of um, Latino Outdoors so uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it, it's a national nonprofit, and what they do is try to um, inspire and engage communities, Latino communities more specifically in nature. I wanted to know if there was a Houston chapter, and there wasn't. So, and 
uh, yeah, we we just we started it. We did some training, and then we just planned. We started planning some events. Um, so we've been trying to do at least one event per month where we just do like either like a, a nature walk or like a hike. Um, for Women's Day, we actually did a like a speaker panel and and followed by a hike at a an event. Uh, it's called Armand Bayou Nature Center here in Houston, and it was really neat. It, it's it's really nice to see people connecting and just how how it really does make an impact. Just just being outside because it's it's something that I really like and. I just wanted to kind of engage other people and help them make that connection. Uh, sometimes the access to nature is not always very easy for for everyone. So just by providing those free uh, events, it really does help. And it's, it's nice also to make a community with people, especially in such a big city. My conversations, well, one, I, I went through Project Dragonfly, the mm-hmm. AIP program, but then since then, we've kind of been working with them with the scholarship and some other stuff. And with my conversations with them and what I know of it is um, that's exactly what they want out of, out of Project Dragonfly students is they want you to come in, learn about certain things that you may have never heard about or mm-hmm. you have heard about it, but now you've found a passion. And then you take that out into the world and either join groups or start groups as you did mm-hmm. to then bring everyone together and, you know, if every student does that, that's a huge movement with, I mean, I don't even know how many hundreds or a thousand, a thousand students a year that come into Project Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nationally, that could be a, a pretty, pretty big thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, good on you for being the perfect Project Dragonfly <laughs> student. <laughs> um, Maybe and not especially with, <laughs> but... yeah. <laughs> and, and especially with, um, you know, what I always learned as, uh, you know, in, at least in the States called non-traditional environmental constituents, which is a yeah. really uh, long term for saying non-white males. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of people say like, you know, it's just the outdoors. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping you from going outdoors. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well. Actually, there is, and if you really uh, start going into like the, uh, about it, and then, like you said, environmental justice things, mm-hmm. so it's really cool to see these groups kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess with your degree and with um, this uh, uh, this chapter of Latino Outdoors that you started, mm-hmm. um, what are where where do you want this to go? Because you know you have a lot of ideas, but where what would be your ideal situation for? for yourself, but also um, for your chapter in the, the Houston area? Mm-hmm. I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> um, I feel like I just, I would like it to keep growing because um, we started out with, so in total four volunteers and now we have five. So it's grown a little bit, um, but just being able to have more and I know it's hard because it's volunteered, so it's not paid work, but honestly, like, I feel like it's it's worth it. And um, I think just being able to grow and get more people involved um, that can help us create more events, because right now uh, we're doing at least one per month, but being if we were to be able to do 
a few more per month. Um, I feel like that would help our chapter be able to engage more people and inspire more people to connect to nature. Um, just more awareness of it. And Houston is such a big city. It's I know it'll take a little longer because there's so many people. And I think for me personally, I would like to be able to find um, like a job or opportunity that does something similar where I can organize events and um, and just be able to really measure if it's really creating um, uh, maybe more opportunities for Latinos or other other minorities, like you said, like non-traditional <laughs> conservationists. Um, Cause that's what inspired me to begin with, like just being really um, passionate about being connected to nature. And uh, I guess as as a as a young girl, I would, and it wasn't even something I thought of in the moment. I think until now, I like when they asked me um, why, how my connection to nature began. I think it was just little things like going to the beach with my family, riding my bike outside. And a lot of those things were free as well. So I think creating that access that's more uh, equitable. And um, I think those things, so like also my grandparents are from Mexico. So we would go to my grandparents' ranch in Mexico and just spend time outdoors. And I remember having just so much fun with my cousins and uh, being able to see some of the uh, farm animals so I think a combination of all those things that, that were free now that I think about it um, and that weren't so hard to access for me, which not everyone gets that either, um, just being able to provide that for more people. It sounds to me like you already have the, the job opportunity. You just got to <laughs> figure out uh, how to how to get it funded. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're already doing what you want to do. You just like it's just, it's just for free, which unfortunately <laughs> yeah. is uh, very common in this field. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's hard. Even uh, when I was a zookeeper, um, it's not the highest paying job, but I loved it. I, I loved being with the animals. So just being really passionate about it. Uh, was enough for me at the time <laughs> um and now I'm, I'm like you say like it, it is hard to find something that um, might be a little higher <laughs> higher wage <laughs> higher salary right but, you know and what i love about the 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 mission of latino outdoors is like yes it's to get people outside to you know lower your stress connect with nature Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the benefits of just being outdoors mm-hmm. and, you know, creating that access. And that's, that's awesome. But the, to me, the bigger goal of all that is it's not just to like have these people go, great, I can get outside. It's mm-hmm. also to create that ethic um, among a, a very large community in the U S mm-hmm. especially in, in Texas and, yeah. and Houston that may or may not be thinking in the quote environmental or a conservation mm-hmm. sense or like, yeah. Hey, that's nature. Nature's over there. This is where I live. They're completely separate. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you start thinking like, Hey, they're all connected. And the way I purchase things, the way I get around, the way I vote, the way I do everything mm-hmm. actually has an effect on that. 
then that's a that's a pretty admirable goal that, yeah. that the organization has. Yeah, it's a very big goal, and um, but like you said, it's it's not just about being out there. It's like feeling like you belong there as well, and like it's for for everyone, and um, just knowing that like. I feel like so throughout Project Dragonfly, um, I I didn't think about this before. Like being being a Latina and like it wasn't until being in Project Dragonfly that I started reading more about how conservation is uh, very much um, like how you said like traditional traditional white man, right? And I guess I didn't see it in a big picture, but then it just it made me uh, like very passionate about it. At the same time that I was, it made me kind of sad, but also like, okay, well, what can I do? And uh, I know there's people out there doing things too, because it's not on the media a lot, right? Like, especially good things, like usually good news is not really put out there. Um, but also I, the more I, the more I looked, the more I found people and organizations doing things to promote more of that uh, engagement and connection to nature. Um, but yeah, I think that it was something like none of my family is involved in any environment, like nature thing, but in a way my family, like they kind of are because my grandfather, he grew up working the land and he was able to, um build up and provide for his family but so there is that connection to like the land but it's not in a way where it's like oh i, I want to protect it and i want to be out there because it's work right like it was it's hard being in the sun and working and but it also did provide for our family so it was like it was like a love hate i think <laughs> relationship yeah, but, yeah, like you said, there's a there's the the social aspect to it too. Is like not only just like to get outdoors, but to feel like you belong when you're there. Mm -hmm. Because you know, here in Southern California, we have some pretty wealthy areas, and that's where all the open space, nice areas are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you go there, you kind of get a weird look. What are you doing here? You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. not everyone's like that, but it does happen. So yeah, it's, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's that, that's a that's a big thing, and I, I love that goal of. Um, of yours and Latino outdoors and, mm -hmm. you know, part of your research and all that too. So um, just for the sake of time, I want to hear about mm -hmm. Namibia. I want to hear yes. about what, um, what was the, you know, it's, it's the earth expedition to Namibia, but what was the, um, like, what's the focus? Cause like when I went to Peru, it was more of mm -hmm. like avian ecology, but what's the focus and what kind of projects did you uh, undertake while you were there? Um, so in Namibia, we were um, at the Cheetah Conservation Fund. So they do a lot of work with communities and, for example, farmers, um, because of the, the cheetah population is endangered. So they try to work with farmers um, so that they won't just uh, kill any cheetahs that might be around their land, because um, a lot of them think that they eat their livestock, that the cheetahs eat the livestock, but sometimes it's not even the cheetahs or sometimes the cheetahs are injured. 
so they end up eating what's easiest to to hunt right um so yeah the the focus was a lot of like community community-based conservation and land use um so another another cool thing the the cheetah conservation fund does is they do uh training with dogs um anatolians have you seen those they're big but they're so cool <laughs> so they they uh they train the dogs to basically um protect the 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 livestock right and then once they are able to train a group of dogs they'll provide them for the different farmers so that they can use them and it's they have a really successful program and it's It's really, uh, when I was there, I was very just inspired and amazed at all the things they can do. And of course, they have 30 years now of when the organization started. Um, Laurie, Dr. Laurie, she's from Oregon. <laughs> so she, she was, um, she started out, she took a cheetah to Namibia. She wanted to see, if, I believe, if it could be in the wild But um, she, that's where she started learning, like, oh, the farmers actually have killed cheetahs. So she, she, she started doing a lot of research, and she basically moved out there once Namibia uh, gained its independence, which was 1990. Yeah, so ever then she established the Cheetah Conservation Fund, and she's, they've done so many things, the, the dogs, the, the cheetah work, the... Um, They also do, so they have like a model farm that they try to show farmers like, hey, you guys can do this too. You can do it in a sustainable way, uh, which includes the dogs and like um, not killing the cheetahs, but also that they can raise like goats and the goats can provide different kinds of products. Um, and yeah, they, they, very, they provide a very good example of what a sustainable farm can be. Very yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to ask next, but like you said about inspiring was how, what, I guess, what kind of things did you learn that you can then take back to your community in, in Houston mm -hmm. and, and these, these yeah. uh, things that you're starting to build? Like, what is it that you learned that you can, uh, you know, implement here? Um, I think that they do a lot of work with communities and um, it's, it's, I feel like it's, Even with my own research, it's I've learned that it's so important to take communities into consideration, right? When doing like conservation work, um, so not just going into a place and and doing something, but taking the people that live there into consideration because they might be doing something because that's what they believe or that's what they've known all their lives. Um, so I think just always keeping that in mind like even when I'm doing something in 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 Houston like there's so many different communities in Houston that I feel like I can't just go somewhere and even though like if I want to help I can't just go and be like oh this is what I want to do and like it's not gonna work they're not gonna want me because I'm not I'm not even asking what I can do to begin with so I feel like just going somewhere and asking how I can be of service and how I can help or maybe what 
um, what is missing there. Yeah. And, and one of the things you said, just, you know, just reminded me that like showing up is half the battle. And if mm -hmm. you keep showing up, and yeah. you keep proving that you're going to be there, you know, mm -hmm. the, the community responds mm -hmm. and, you know, over time, sometimes it takes a long time, but yeah. uh, <laughs> some, some good work can get done. It's, it's really cool because again, perfect project dragonfly student, you, you, they want, always want you to go to these places and, you know, not only have a good experience and like see the cool animals, obviously that's a perk of it all, mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, how do I learn something from these different programs around the world and then implement them into my own, uh, research and studies and, and, uh, life and professional goals. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're, you're able to, you know, even start think about starting doing that it is exactly what they want and exactly what should be happening. <laughs> so one of the things that we like to talk about is like, you kind of said that there's like not a lot of good news on the, uh, on the news when it comes to conservation is given your background and your, uh, the way you were kind of brought up and, and kind of learning about going outdoors. And like you said, a lot of these things didn't really, uh, uh, become clear to you until you started learning about them and, and, you know, either in undergrad and graduate school. Mm -hmm. um, how is it that, you know, once you started to realize these things, you know, when it comes to hope and thinking about the future, like how does, how does the, the positivity, like how, how does that all kind of fit into your mindset about moving forward? Because obviously something clicked and you were, I want to do something about this. It, it is, it is hard because, um, even just looking at like conservation itself, like the the world is going through a lot of changes, right? Like climate change, global warming, and it's hard just to be hopeful about that because we've seen so much things going on, like like wildfires, like right now, like in Hawaii. Um, there's so much things that kind of make you want to stop or like think it's not gonna get better but I think once you start looking at okay what what can we do and what are the things that I myself can do this um, as one person I may think I can't do a lot but but I can and like um, even just with let's say like with Latino outdoors like I feel like I'm one person part of this group, but together, like we can all do more and like impact more people. But it really can just start with like even Lori, the Cheetah Conservation Fund um, founder, she, it was her that started by herself. And now she has so many people with her. And if you can work together, I feel like you can do so much good. And yeah, I mean, I feel like like sometimes I'll look back at how I started my Project Dragonfly um, program, and it's very different than what it is now. Um, my some of my goals have changed. Um, definitely focusing more on the social aspect of conservation because uh, I think I started thinking out. I started thinking more about the science part but the social part is very important especially I think now with social media and so much news going out um, sending a good message instead of a, a message of like hopelessness which 
it doesn't work. It really doesn't. Um, it just discourages people more. But it is yeah, hard. And, <laughs> and I, I get what you're saying about the toxic positivity because that's something we struggle with. Where we're we're not trying to say, "Hey, don't worry, everything's fine, guys." Mm-hmm. Just you know, all these people we've got to handle, not a problem. Yeah. It's really just like, hey, yes, things are bad, but here are the people that are really trying to make a mm-hmm. difference and try to change things. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right where I think a lot of us start with the science because it's more interesting to us. And it's mm-hmm. like, we want to help animals. We like yeah. learning about ecology, but then you realize, start seeing what the problems are. You're like, oh, this is a, this is a social issue more mm-hmm. than it is a ecological issue. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. And I feel like as scientists, a lot of scientists forget about that. Because like you said, it, the science is what's really interesting, but you can't have the science without the people because the people is what you have to you have to get to and you have to really keep them in mind because that's how we get things done, you know, like all working together and not just not just some people, but everyone has to kind of be a part of that. Thank well, you. Valeria, thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, we were so thankful and um, happy to be able to award you the, the Carrie Wilson uh, Memorial Scholarship. Um, I've said this each time now, but Carrie Wilson was a, a, an amazing person. She helped me in, you know, I wouldn't say rough times, but when, you know, grad school and having three jobs, like it's it's really nice to have someone that really helps you. And I wouldn't have been able to start Pelicanus and I wouldn't have been able to go back to school without her. So it, uh, the fact that we can pay it forward to someone as as doing as awesome work and as, 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 as cool as you are, (laughs) it's, uh, it's as, that's as good as it gets for us. So uh, we really appreciate you one applying and, and doing all the great work you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It it really was very helpful. And like you said, being in grad school and I, I was in between jobs and just, um, it can be hard <laughs> money-wise, but it, it really helped. So uh, thank you again for, for choosing me and helping me go to Namibia. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, for anybody that's in the, the Houston area, how do they get involved and learn more about the uh, your, the chapter that you created? Um, so on uh, Instagram, uh, our user is Latino Outdoors underscore Houston. And we're also on Facebook and they can find us the same way. There's also the, on Instagram, there's also the, um, the Latino Outdoors, like the national nonprofit uh, account, and they can find uh, different chapters across the U.S. So there's like in California, um, there's there's a few in California because that's where it started. So there's like in L.A., uh, Sacramento, San Francisco, but there's all over. There's like in Washington, um, they just started a few in like I think Florida. Um, so yeah, there's so many chapters. So. If anyone Take wants to join, <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to join, and everyone is welcome, of course. Everything's about being inclusive and making a safe space. So anyone's welcome. Thank you so much, Valeria, for taking the time to talk with us and for all the amazing work she does. 
Now, the Carrie Wilson Memorial Scholarship will be open for applications for Project Dragonfly students again in the spring of 2024. Check out our pelicanus.org scholarship page for more information. Now, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization that takes tax deductible donations if you'd like to contribute to the Carrie Wilson Memorial Scholarship or to Pelicanus in general. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.